So again, as I said earlier today, uh, last week we had Father Adam, who is the associate vocation director, who's from the Anago area. So he had mass here last weekend. So last weekend and the week before that, I was in um, Arizona at, in Phoenix. And I was there because there's an organization called FOCUS, which stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And they were running a conference where they had over 8,000 college students and lay people who attended, who, had, who came with this desire. How do I make disciples? How do I make followers of Jesus? And they offered some of the most beautiful masses that I've ever, ever been to. You know, they had really powerful talks. Uh, they had a lot of confession, time for small groups, time for adoration. And while I was there, I had an opportunity to take a little break and to find an area where I could finally get some quiet. And, well, or so I thought. And as I went down at the convention center, I found a hallway where there was a little place to sit. And there was one of the security guards. And he said, hey, do you know where you're going? And I said, yes, I do. I do. Are you looking for anything? Nope, just looking for a little place to be quiet for a little bit. And apparently he had no clue what I just said to him because for the next 30 minutes he began talking to me. <laughs> and um, as I kind of figured out he was not going anywhere, probably not even really doing his job, um, he at, I asked him, well, how, did, how did 2019 go for you? Because we just had, it was, I think it was like January 2nd at this point. And he said, it, it was tough. And it's been, a, it's been a really hard, hard year. Um, he's like, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Um, he said, I moved here from Chicago to, to settle down with my future wife. And um, I, I really got to get my life back on track. So I'm really looking forward to getting rebaptized. And I kind of listened to him and he kind of was telling me these things. And after about two or three minutes, he said, you know, thank you for listening to me. I said, no problem. It's kind of what priests do. We're used to it. And then he said, and I, or then I said to him, which is something I probably should not have said. And I said, just to let you know, you did tell all of that to a Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> and that was the mistake I made. So for the next 25 minutes, he began to tell me how bad the Bears were. And I said, I know. <laughs> and then he told me how bad the management was. And I said, I know. And then he told me how bad the quarterbacks are. And I was like, everyone knows that. <laughs> and after we spoke, I said, you know, I, I really got to go away. Um, I, I really have to, to get going to the rest of the conference, but thanks for talking. But the one thing that stood out to me was just, you know, that, that struggle he had with his, his dad, you know, coming down with cancer and the struggle of that. But also one thing he said was, he said, I'm looking forward to getting rebaptized. Can you get rebaptized? Maybe you don't know. Because in today, in our gospel reading, Jesus gets baptized. And the weird thing is, he didn't need to get baptized. Jesus is God. He has no need to get baptized. But yet he does. He comes to John in John's unworthiness. And I think a lot of us, if we were John, we'd say, stay over there, Jesus. I'm not really worthy of you. Um, but but why, why did this holy man desire baptism? And when we're in the church, we look at the catechism, we look at the saints. And St. Maximus, this is what he says as to why Jesus desired baptism. He said, Christ is baptized not to be made holy by the water, but to make the water holy. And by his cleansing, to purify the waters with which he touched. For the consecration of Christ involves a more significant consecration of the water. For when the Savior, Jesus, is washed 
all water, he has washed all water for our baptism, your baptism, my baptism, is made clean. And he's purified it at its source for the dispensing of baptismal grace for the people of future ages. And Christ is the first to be baptized so that all Christians will follow after him. So the good news is that you and I have a God in Jesus who will never ask us to do anything he wouldn't do. So then the question is, well, can I get rebaptized? And if I can, or if not, like, is that offensive to the Holy Spirit? Because you and I receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. And firstly, no, you cannot get rebaptized because otherwise Jesus would have done it. He got baptized once, so you and I can only get baptized one time. And anyone um, who attempts to be rebaptized actually commits a sin against the Holy Spirit, especially if they know you can't get rebaptized and they do it anyways. Because basically what you're saying is, Holy Spirit, you weren't enough for me. I don't need God's help, so I want to do it right this time because I know more than you do, which we don't. And by, being, by trying to be baptized again, it's, it's most likely that the person is expressing a willingness to repent, which means to turn my life completely over to the Lord. That's a good thing. Um, the person wants to be safe or to be saved from all the evil of the world. That's a good thing. But they weren't aware that all they had to do is what most Catholics would say is, all you have to do is go to confession to tell the Lord your sins and then you are back into your baptismal graces. And that's the beauty of being Catholic. We can actually go back to that state in our lives. But some people, they avoid the sacrament of confession. Maybe it's because they're prideful, like the rich, rich young man that we hear about in the Gospels. Of, I'm good, I'm fine, I don't need your help, I'm not really that bad of a person. But I think there's more people out there in our world today who avoid confession out of fear. Fear because they believe that their sins are just too big for God. If Jesus really knew what I've done, the crooked roads I've made with my life, there's no way he could forgive me. And that's one of the reasons why when you drive in the church, you see that giant image of divine mercy to remind us as Jesus spoke to St. Faustina and as he speaks to each and every one of us, one time Jesus spoke to her and said these words, my child, Nothing you, you confess could make me love you less. I think a lot of us need to hear that. Maybe just imagine Jesus speaking to you. My child, nothing you confess could make me love you less. Because all of us are made for a relationship with God. That's why when we're not in a relationship with God, things feel kind of off. And in baptism, we receive our truest identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter, but we also receive a new name. The new name in Christ is, you know, my well-loved son, or my well-loved daughter, or my chosen son, or my chosen daughter. And that truth will conquer all of the false names that you and I have carried around our whole life. And when we're quiet, we do listen to lies. And some of those lies are just point to a direct source of pain and agony in our lives. Lie that I encounter the most as a priest is people believe that they're worthless. I'm, I'm no good. But behind every lie is a, is a truth. The truth is in Jesus' death on the cross and in his baptism, your worth is found. 
Your worth is Jesus. Your worth is God. Your worth is the blood of Jesus. So every time you and I struggle with worthlessness, we should look at the cross and always say, Jesus, I am worth your blood. And some of us, we live in a lie when we're quiet. Our interior dialogue sounds something like this. I'm, I'm damaged goods, or no, I'm not good, or it's, it's, it's just too late for me. I don't even really need to try. But when we look at Revelation chapter 22, we hear Jesus say, Behold, I make all things new. Nothing is out of my grasp to be renewed in my son. Nothing is out of my grasp to be renewed in my spirit. And some people I encounter, they believe in this lie, and it's a lie that God's abandoned me. God has abandoned me. But the truth behind that lie, we hear in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission to go make disciples. And after Jesus says, go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says, and know this, I am always with you, even until the end of the ages. Those are the words of God. And that's the truth. So you and I, if we live in the light of our baptism, we listen to the truth. To know that we're beloved. To know that God... We are God's, we are the apple of God's eye. But if we live in the darkness, we listen to those lies that I'm not good enough or I'm worthless or God's abandoned me. And maybe we need to hear that again. If we, li- if we live in the light, if you and I live in the light of Christ, we know the truth, we listen to the truth, we desire the truth. But if you and I live in the dark, and especially if we choose to live in the dark, we listen to these lies, I'm worthless. <clears throat> I'm not good enough. It's too late for me. God's abandoned me. But what baptism does and what the cross does, it sheds light into all that darkness and it shows that it's smoke and, smoke and screens. And it would seem to me that as, as we head into 2020, a lot of people are looking for New Year resolutions. And one thing I would encourage you to do is to place everything under the lordship of Jesus, everything under the rule of Jesus. Because if we know who Jesus is, if we truly know him, we know his heart and how much he loves us, and he's the love that you and I desire, we would willingly surrender our sex life to him. We would willingly surrender our financial life to him. We would willingly surrender our family to him. We would willingly surrender our sports lives to him, our education. We would surrender everything to him because we would know that he has the best plan. He has the best, best way. Because just maybe just listen to me with Proverbs today. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, when we hear, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On your own intelligence, do not rely. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. There's probably some people in this church today who have have done some really bad things and have really made crooked paths with their lives. And the Lord wants to make those paths straight because he's good and he's forgiving and he wants to set us free. And maybe you think, what about the unknown? What about if if I really submit everything under his lordship, under his rule, and I allow him to start making the calls, what are those plans gonna be? We always go to Jeremiah 21, 29, 11 for that, where we hear Jesus speak to Jeremiah, but also to you and I here today, where he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you 
and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God's plans are always bigger and better than ours. And if you want to know the truth and the power of your baptism and desire to place everything under the lordship of Jesus, I'm just going to invite you in a moment here just to pray with me and to place everything under his dominion. Before we do that, I just want to share the last thing that I experienced at that conference. At the conference, I believe it was January 2nd, and I was, I was praying, and I just said, after we had communion, I was sitting in my chair, and I was just praying, Lord, please speak to my heart. And what I heard the Lord say was, there are so many people in this world who are experiencing pain and loneliness. There's so much pain and so much loneliness out there. And my son, Jesus, desires to heal them and redeem them and to be in friendship with them, to be in fellowship with them. So they don't have to be lonely, so they don't have to be in pain, but they have to submit, to submit themselves under my lordship. So if you desire to place everything under the lordship of Jesus, and I mean, just be free. If you don't, I respect your free will. I was going to ask you to place your, your right hand on your heart and to place your left hand over it to make a cross and to pray these words with me. Jesus, I accept that in my baptism and on the cross, you purchased my identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. Please heal me and set me free with your blood. I repent from my sins, and I claim you as Lord, and I submit to your power and your kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. The prayer that you just said is very real. Everything we do at Mass is very real. There's an invisible reality happening here. But just because I don't see something doesn't mean I don't feel it or it's not real. You know, the gentleman that I spoke with at that conference, you know, he was searching. Just like a lot of us in this room are. Looking for hope. Looking for answers to deep questions. And do I have all the answers? No. But our Lord says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if we allow ourselves to let Jesus be Lord, one thing I can say, um, you know, by the witness of my own life, it's the best way to live. And is it going to be easy? No. But is it going to be worth it and fulfilling? Absolutely. So as we enter into 2020, I just want to let you know of my prayers for you. If you need anything, as a priest of Jesus Christ, I'm willing to lay my life down for you, just as Jesus did for all of us on the cross. Our world is hurting. Our world is full of a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness. And Jesus is knocking at the doors of our hearts, always telling us of his love. But we have to let him in. As you head into 2020, know of my prayers for you and your families. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.